0: Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast. Man, we are just flying through the episodes. Uh, you will always find enthusiastic data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy on this podcast, and I am your host, uh, Toby. Uh, today we are going to cover, um, you know, it's kind of an up-and-down show. Uh, we're going to cover Charlie Blackman on a little bit of a decline, maybe. We're going to cover Chris Bryan and Carlos Correa, who have two of the more depressing profiles that I've looked at so far, just to be honest with you, uh, you may want to have a little bit of caffeine uh, before we jump into those two. And then we finish it off, though, with a bang with Aaron Nola and um, and my Reach Charles segment, which uh, if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to the last episode, that is a new segment where I'm talking about something uh, that I am enthusiastic about, about baseball or fantasy baseball or just heading into next season. And the Reach Charles is also about Aaron Nola and some really exciting things I noticed about the end of season performance. So definitely check that out. As always, you can find the podcast on iTunes and other podcast platforms. If you like what you're hearing, give us a five star rating and write a nice review. Tell your friends. Hit that like button. Hit that retweet button. Help spread the word um, if you do enjoy uh, the content that I'm producing. You can follow me on Twitter at BatflipCrazy, Instagram at BatflipCrazy, Facebook at Crazy Fantasy and the blog is batflipcrazy.com. Also have some uh, YouTube videos available if you just search uh, batflipcrazy in YouTube. Uh, one of the other ones that might be helpful or two of them that might be helpful is that I do cover rolling average graphs at the end of each of the profiles. And so if you're curious what that might look like, you've probably seen it if you follow me on Twitter, I share some of those. But if you're interested in seeing kind of how you might use those in your own analysis. Go check out the two YouTube videos that I did earlier this year on those. Uh, I think they could be helpful to you. All right, we got Charlie Blackman, we got Chris Bryant, we got Carlos Correa, we got Aaron Nola. Let's get this party started. All right, first up today we have Charlie Blackman, outfielder for the Colorado Rockies his two early mock draft ADP and his NFBC ADP are pretty similar, uh, 25.3 in the 10 two early mock drafts, 26.89 uh, in the nine NFBC drafts, a minimum of 14 and a high of 34 in those NFC, NFBC drafts. So quite a bit of variance um, in the pick, but settling solidly around that 25 mark for Blackman. Uh, over the last. Three seasons, he has over 600 plate appearances, 696 last year, 725 in that amazing 2017 year. 291 average in 2018 on a 291 expected average, so he's earning that. He does have those two 300-plus batting average years, 331, 324, both supported by expected average. In terms of his BABIP, uh, the main difference, uh, there's a couple differences um, in terms of um, what resulted in the lower batting average for Blackman, his Babip did drop. It was at a high of 371 last year, dropped down to 329. It was 350 in 2016. So he does maintain those high Babips that are helpful in keeping that batting average up. But we did see an increase in his strikeout rate to 19.3%, still 3% below league average. His contact rate was relatively the same a little bit of a dip in overall contact uh, a one and a half percent dip in z contact so a little bit of give there in the profile but still well above league average Uh, everything's there to support um, at least from a um, you know contact perspective uh, to support that that higher batting average so let us um Continue to dive in. OBP, 358 last year, 399 um, in that, again, incredible 2017 year, 381 in terms of his OBP. Uh, Z score um, for that OBP was at 1.5 or greater for the last two years, just 0.81 this last year, but he's he's an asset in OBP leagues because of that high batting average. Um, He does rely on that more than he does walk rate. You can see that his plate discipline, thirty-four percent O-swing the last two years, so worse than league average. Um, But but just about league average swing swing uh, percentage, forty-seven point four percent, slightly above league average. So that just shows you that he is, um, you know, he's not being super aggressive uh, in the zone. Swings at some pitches outside of the zone. So nothing, no major concerns there. He's obviously been successful with a similar approach since it's pretty consistent uh, year over year. Walk percentage, 8.5% last year, down from 9%, 6.7% the year before that. So as you can see, you know, he's up up around league average, maybe slightly better, Um, but it's not because of him having a particularly good approach, uh, I would say. Runs, uh, triple digit runs the last three years, 111, 137, 119, uh, 18.9% runs per plate appearances in that big 2017 year, but above 17% in terms of his runs per plate appearance for the last three years. So really, he's going to be a a great asset for folks when it comes to um, runs. He's one of those guys that you can really count on for triple digits, especially with Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. Uh, batting behind him he may also have you know David Dahl back there too um, who who could definitely benefit him there home runs 29 uh, in 2018 and 2016 37 in that uh, incredible 2017 year the power is something that I'm going to get to in a little bit but there is some signs that that um, you know it was down last year and a lot of the underlying metrics support that so I'm not sure we can bank on him Uh, getting back up even to that 30-home run plateau. We certainly don't want to expect that or project that. But um, 29.9 expected home runs on those 29 home runs uh, from two years ago, 35.7 on those 37 home runs from last year. And then the 29 home runs he hit last year, those only came on 24.9 expected home runs. So it looks like he was a little bit lucky last year in the home run department. His hard hit rate was also down. Um, 4.2% from last year, Uh, last year's 39%, so 35.8% right around um, league average. That's certainly noticeable given that the rest of the league took a huge step forward, a 4% increase in hard hit rate. So Blackman went from being 8% above league average last year to being right at league average this year. So that's a pretty considerable drop. We also saw an increase in his ground ball rate to 43.4%. It's about a 3% increase over last year. And so this is when we get, when we're talking about the power, right? The batting average, that's not terrible for the batting average. But when we get to the power, when we see that ground ball rate uh, increasing, that's not something that we obviously want to see. The volume of fly balls is going to be down. 17.7% home run per fly ball rate. Uh, So solid there. He's got, um, three straight years above 16.2%, so pretty solid overall. His hard hit ply ball rate took a major dip, 12% last year, uh, down uh, 50.8% in 2017 to 38.4% last year. Uh, you know, that's th- th- these are just pretty big dips in his hard hit rate, and so it does raise like a yellow flag. Um, they're still both, you know, at league average and so it's not a huge concern he's still playing in cores um you know so the home runs are going to come but it's just something to to monitor right we're not going to be expecting him to return to that 2017 level this 2018 level seems much more uh, without a without a return of those skills much more of what we're going to see from blackman moving forward 33.3 percent hard hit pulled fly ball rate, so right about on league average also a dip in his barrels 32 last year 4.6 barrels per plate appearance that's down from 6.2% in 2017 average home run distance also down from 2017 to 406 again he's one of these guys who were looking at a career year in 2017 and not surprisingly you know that was the year where we had the full juiced ball now that we have a little bit of the dejuiced ball we're starting to see some guys fall back down to where they were in previous seasons not something major to complain about given Blackman was uh, you know even a late first rounder um, two years ago. But um, just something to note, RBI's 70 after 140, uh, 140. Uh, 104 in 2017, 82 the year before that. So not somebody who's going to hit you, hurt you in RBI but um, not, I wouldn't anticipate us getting back to that 2017 le- level. You're probably noticing a trend uh, when it comes to that. He's also batting leadoff, so not a ton of RBI opportunities hitting after the pitcher in National League parks. Stolen bases. He's at 12. This is two consecutive years of declining stolen bases. 17 two years ago, 14 last year, 12 this year. His stolen base per plate appearance is only slightly above league average. 1.7 uh, percent, so right around there. 75 percent uh, success rate on his stolen bases, which is actually up. It was 58.3 percent and 65.4 percent the two years before that. So, you know, wouldn't be necessarily surprised um, to see those stolen bases cut back even more. His sprint speed uh, peaked in 2017 at 28.2, 27.6 percent last year, so right around um, league average. Let's take a look um, at uh, Blackman. Blackman's rolling average graph. And actually, let's also take a look at his um, batted ball profile. This is something that I've actually been terrible at not doing for all of the players. I love to get into x stats and look at his six batted ball categories. Um, and so when we look at Blackman over the last three years, what we see is, again, 2017, uh, 13.2% hard drive rate. That's the best type of batted ball. Those high line drives, low fi balls that go for extra base hits and home runs, down to 10.3%. So slightly below league average. Also have seen uh, his pop up rate creep up, but still below league average. Um, you know, so overall not major changes in his batted ball profile. Uh, the stable, the elements of the batted ball pro- profile are the dribbler percentage. So those bad ground balls. That's been c- pretty consistent over the last three years. Pop-up percentage up a little bit from 2017, but down from a 2016 rate, and in that hard drive rate um, down to 10.3 percent, similar to uh, 2016. Again, a fairly similar theme. Now let's take a look at our buddy Charlie Blackman's rolling uh, average graphs uh, over the last four, over his last 40 games. The Z contact rate solidly close to 90 percent. Um, there and just pretty consistent not a lot of variance um, over the course of the season where we ha- do see just a huge peaks and valleys are with his ground ball percentage um, it peaked at 52 percent uh, towards the middle of the season all the way t- to as low as 32.3 percent back up to 48 percent so not super um, stable there I'll take a look at that 80 um, game rolling average to get his uh Uh, sense of that. Um, 39%, uh, hard hit rate, um, over his last 40 games really increased as the season progressed, which is a good sign. And then his O swing was at, uh, one of its lower rates of the season over the last 40 games. So in terms of the skills that we see, um, over the rolling average graph, nothing that's hugely concerning. I'd say the biggest concern in his profile is the increase in the ground ball rate. Um, you know, it's just going to limit his power even more with the underlying metrics also uh, showing a little bit of a dip there. Uh, when we look at that ground ball rate, yeah, um, really just spiked and stayed pretty consistently in the, in the low to mid 40s. So not a huge problem, but again, something to monitor um, heading into, um, you know, as the season progresses, as we actually start playing a little baseball. Uh, taking a look at where uh, Blackman is overall um, in the rankings, you know, I think I have Blackman right now. And again, these are very fluid rankings. I have him towards the back end of uh, the second round, going around Andrew Benintendi, um, uh, Carlos Carrasco, Chris Davis, Anthony Rizzo, kind of in that general area. I think for Blackman, I think we can anticipate that he's going to continue to have that high batting average, which is really nice. The power is a little bit of a question mark. I think low 20s would be a nice expectation there. I think the stolen bases are also on the decline, so probably double digits, but definitely low double digits, if not high single digits in terms of stolen bases. The runs are going to be there. So overall, a very solid profile. I think the only area where, um, where you're not going to get Uh, Great contributions as RBI from Blackman. But overall, a very solid profile, solid outfielder, somebody I feel comfortable taking uh, towards the back end of the second round. All right, Chris Bryant, third baseman uh, and outfielder for the Chicago Cubs. That dual eligibility in today's game is obviously um, a pretty pretty. Well, not a huge benefit, but it's definitely something to consider as we see you know, guys taking more stints on the 10-day DL, a lot more roster moves, platooning, that type of uh, flexibility is, is always helpful. In the, two, uh, in the 10, two early mock drafts, 26.3 ADP for our buddy Chris Bryant, falling well out of that first round um, where he was a couple years back, and then uh, he was kind of one-two turn last year. in NFBC, so a pretty decent gap. Looks like he's falling down boards a little bit as people dive in. It's not really surprising Um, to me. I was definitely somebody who was off of Chris Bryant uh, last year, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit as I go through his profile about why that is. Min pick of 30, high pick of 42. So he's going solidly in that third round in 15-team leagues. 457 plate appearances last year. Uh, hurt his shoulder. Spent a good deal of time on the DL. But before that, uh, two years of 650 plate appearances or more. Uh, batting average, 272 last year, but a 260 expected average. And so one thing that uh, to note about Bryant is that in the past, he has been able to hold a 290-plus batting average, but the expected average has never... Um, supported that, 270 and 277, now 260 this year. So I don't think he's actually a huge asset uh, in terms of his, uh, of his batting average. And I think that's critical you know, to why I'm not uh, super into Chris Bryant this year or in previous years is I see him as kind of a three-category contributor in terms of the counting stats, uh, runs in RBI, and home runs. And you know, the stolen bases are not super consistent, um, and the batting average is not uh, at the level where I really consider it a huge resource for the team, especially this early in drafts. Taking a dive into the metrics, uh, Babip he's able to maintain high Babips 332, 334, 342. K percentage uh, was up. Uh, a decent amount, 23.4%, up from 19.2% last year, similar to the 22% in 2016. Now, of note, he did see a dip in his contact below league average to 75.1%. So that 23.4% K percentage looks pretty decent um, overall, uh, or it looks like it reflects kind of skill level. He's at league average in terms of his in zone contact. So again, you know, around league average. Uh, for the K percentage, the contact skills. And so that is a reason why I don't see the batting average being super sustainable um, at that higher 290 level that he's had in two of the last three seasons. So I think that 270, 260 range seems much more reasonable to me. OBP, he is more of an asset in uh, OBP leagues, 374, 409, and 385 over the last three years. O swing, uh, very uh not run up, solid, uh 28.9%, so a couple points uh below league couple percentage points below a league average, uh, up from the 25.9%. Again, one of the challenges always with analyzing uh injured players is what um, what amount of this is injury versus his actual skill level. And so that's something that we'll just need to think about. Uh runs uh fifty nine last year twelve point nine percent runs per plate appearance uh well below the sixteen point seven and seventeen point three percent the two previous years where he had triple digits uh in terms of runs so again you know the o b p isn't drastically different, and so I would anticipate that that number uh should uh hop up a little bit thirteen home runs on sixteen point nine expected home runs so not as big of a drop as um, in his power as you, as it looks like a lot of that is, you know, it's plate appearances, but we're not, it doesn't look like we're getting back to that 39 home run, you know, type season that we saw in, uh, 2016, 29 and 2017. I think that looks much more like what his, what I would anticipate him getting to once he is fully healthy. I don't think you can, you know, even mid twenties, um, to be honest with you, Hard hit rate not really impressive, thirty one point two percent. That's two consecutive years of below league average hard hit rate for Bryant, which is not something that you would generally uh, associate with him. Ground ball rate was down to thirty four percent, which is good. It had jumped up to thirty seven point seven percent last year. It's nice to see it lower. That's what we want to see. Um, expected home run per fly ball rate fourteen point six percent seems seems more seems more in the realm than the 11.2 percent that he had last year hard hit five ball rate 42.2 percent so about five percent above uh, league average and up from last year 32.6 percent hard hit pulled five ball rate that's actually right on the dot league average so uh, nothing nothing no major concerns in looking at that his barrel rate was down for the second consecutive year 5.9% 5.9% down from 6.2% and 7.7%. Again, what percentage of that is an actual you know, drop in his batted ball quality, you know, which you wouldn't expect for a guy his age versus the injury um, that he suffered this year with his shoulder. 406 average home run distance, uh, right around the, the 401 that he's averaged the two previous years. His RBI... Last two years have been around 11 percent RBI per plate appearance, batting in the two hole limits. Um, you know his RBI opportunities in some instances. So it'll be interesting to see where he bats this year for the Cubs. So the last time he had triple digit RBIs was in 2016 at 102. So again, you know even the RBI are not necessarily something that you can bank on uh, for Bryant. So we've got question marks on batting average, question marks on RBI. Not the elite power that we saw early in his career. At least, you know, when we take a look at the underlying metrics um, and the production from last year, stolen bases only two uh, last year, down from seven and eight. So again, you can probably project him at about five stolen bases with a full year. But again, you know, this is not necessarily uh, the type of the. the That's not the trend that you want to see. And when we dive into his success rate, 61.5%, 58.3%, only 33.3% last year. So there's a reason why those stolen bases are going down. He is not being successful in that. And it's been three years running uh, that the stolen bases have not been worth uh, the effort. When we take a look at his um, stolen base opportunity percentage, so that's the number of stolen base attempts from his stolen base opportunities, Uh, We are getting 4.8%, 4.5%, 3.4%. So not super high there. His sprint speed is down. Last year, it was down to 28 feet per second. That's down uh, from 28.9 and 28.5 the two previous years. Still above league average. But again, we're seeing now three consecutive years of very bad uh, stolen base success rates. So I actually am not sure if I'd even, you know, maybe being a little a little nice for our buddy uh, Chris Bryant. So you can kind of see where you, you can see the holes and the, qu- the major question marks with Chris Bryant. And the question is, if you're drafting somebody at 35, are you drafting a guy and expecting him to hit like he hit in 2016? Or are you going to consider the last two years where we've got question marks and stolen bases? We've got question marks even on the, the level of power that he's able to produce. And you've got questions uh, around batting average and RBI You know, you want some consistent performers, and we really haven't seen that um, from Bryant uh, recently. Now let's take a look at his batted ball profile. Um, The pop-up percentage, uh, uh, 3.5% above league average, so don't like to see that. Fly ball rate is also high. His hard drive rate is at 13%, so that's uh, well above league average of 10.8%, so that's really good to see. That's where you're getting a lot of the, the home runs from. It's not necessarily at that elite level, that fifteen percent plus that you see from a lot of the mashers, but something to consider. Um, you know, dribbler percentage is below league average. We like to see that. We don't want to see him hitting the ball at the, on the ground. So overall, you know, nothing, nothing too concerning about the the overall batted ball profile. I, you know, the pop up percentage is not ideal, but you want to see him at least attempting to hit the ball in the air. So hopefully. You know, in an ideal situation, you see him drop that down. But a good example is you know, his hard drive percentage in 2016 when he had that great uh, year was at 15%, and his dribbler percentage was at 16.6%. You know, so not hitting a lot of balls poorly into the ground, hitting a lot of hard drives. The hard drive percentage this past year down 2% from that peak, and then his dribbler percentage up uh, 3.5%. Um, from that peak. And so, you know, those are, those might not seem like a lot, uh, but when you think about, you know, batting average, uh, the difference between uh, hitting 270 and 250 is that 2%. Um, So just, just think about, um, you know, that, that's just something to consider uh, when we think about Bryant. All right. Let us take a peek at uh, Chris Bryant's uh, rolling um, averages as well. When we take a look at those, as we wait for Fangraphs to load, one of the, one of the you know, oh, man, I dream of having uh, faster internet, uh, hopefully hopefully soon. Um, pretty erratic, as you would expect uh, from a season where he was injured. The hard hit rate just crashed. Um, it was up at 44, 43, 42, and then, um, you know, starting in June, just absolutely crashed and ended... His forty-game rolling average at twenty-one point one percent. So I'm I'm comfortable kind of uh, putting that to uh, to the injury. Uh, his ground ball percentage also spiked uh, at a similar time, and so um, right around when he was on the DL in late June. So again, you know, a lot of this is is potentially injury injury related. Um, so it's important to consider that, but um, you know, not necessarily. He ended the season poorly you could definitely say so in thinking about uh, Chris Bryant you know you look at the guys who are going around Bryant and I just can't I just can't put him that high up right so you got Chris Bryant going at 35 in the NFBC drafts right around him you have Whit Merrifield who's got a very solid floor with the speed and batting average you got Garrett Cole Clayton Kershaw I covered him in the last podcast Uh, I could do without Kershaw there Blake Snell the other end, you got Trevor Bauer, who I love. You got Chris Davis. You know, you, you know what you're getting with Davis, right? You're he's crushing it in um, you know pretty much three categories, and you know he's going to hit 247. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, Bryant's teammate, definitely a guy I like more. Severino, Syndergaard, Bueller, Marte, Carrasco, Hoskins, all folks that I would take um, above uh, Bryant. So I think when all is said and done, Bryant will probably settle in the 50-ish range, Um, for me, once I take a look at all of the other players, I know that's a huge drop um, from where he's been previously, but he's just not the same guy, and I'm not going to pay for the 2016 stats uh, until I see them happen again. Next up, we have another guy who spent a lot of the season Um, or a decent amount of the season on the DL, actually two consecutive years, and that is Carlos Correa, shortstop for the Houston Astros. In the two early mock drafts, 28.1 ADP. That has dropped 15 spots to 43.56 in NFBC drafts, with a minimum of 34 and a high of 56. One thing to consider as I share the NFBC um, ADPs is that the NFBC generally... um, prioritizes pitching so you'll see pitching going a lot earlier than maybe your standard and home draft so that's definitely th- something to consider as i share these adps with folks you know always consider your league whether you know pitchers go early hitters go early what you know what the league settings are a lot of that is going to determine what is the right adp for for you um as you consider these guys but um just something to think about since you'll see a lot of these hitters take some uh, some nosedives here uh, down the ADP and some of these NFBC um, uh, rankings. Uh, 468, 481, and 660 plate appearances the last three years. So it's been a couple years since he was last healthy. Hit 239 last year, 249 expected home run. That was super disappointing for owners. He hit 315. In 2017, 336 expected average. Everything just looked so nice in 2017. Even though he was injured, he started elevating the ball a little bit more, just hitting the ball hard, and it seemed like he was starting to become the player we had hoped uh, he would be. But, uh, you know, last this uh, 2018 was definitely uh, just not good. 282 Babbitt, down from 352 and 328. Uh, His strikeout rate, 19.1% and 20.1%. The two previous of the years, last year down or up to 23.7%. So worse than league average. Contact rate and Z contact rate, both slightly above league average. So I would expect that strikeout percentage uh, to dip back down closer to league average, if not below league average um, uh, this upcoming year, which is a good sign for that batting average to rebound. I mean, I'm pretty uh, confident saying that if Correa is healthy, you know you can expect him to at least contribute a little bit uh, in terms of uh, a batting average, two seventy four, three fifteen, the two previous years when he's been healthy. You know I, I'm I'm confident that he's not going to hurt you there like he did last year, as long as he is healthy. Three twenty three, three ninety one, and three sixty one OBP. So generally, he's been an asset in OBP leagues, not you know one of your. Uh, elite OBP guys, but a walk percentage of 11%. The last three years, very consistent. And then an O swing over the last two years, that's well below league average, 3% last year and 5% or 4% um, two years ago. Um, So overall, you know, OBP, he's not getting a huge boost, but he is um, solid there and very consistent, which is definitely something. runs per plate appearance, 12.8% last year. 17% in 2017, 11.5% in 2016. I think the um, 13.1% is league average on that. I would anticipate uh, that in a healthy season um, in in the lineup batting, um, well, he has been batting cleanup, so the run percentage probably isn't going to be that great. It is a pretty loaded lineup, so I think something around league average uh, would be reasonable, uh, if not above that yeah uh, for the upcoming year again assuming the man is healthy home runs 15 last year on 13.3 expected home runs 24 and 20 the two previous years both of those numbers supported by the expected home runs so what you're seeing from korea is you know there's not a ton of pop there right 20 24 20 home run is not you know that's not you can get that production in a lot of different places and so again not not a huge bonus Um, God, it's so disappointing to look through some guys' profiles, Um, especially these guys who have been injured. I mean, obviously, it kind of exacerbates the issue, but, you know, there's just not a lot to love. You know, you want to just love parts of of a player's batting profile, and I think as we get deeper into the ADPs, right, this is when we start to see um, what makes elite players elite players and why other guys are just kind of blah, 28.8% 28.8% hard hit rate for Correa last year after 39.5% and 37.2% the years before that. Pretty comfortable, you know, considering that the injury. His ground ball percentage was down for to 44% last year, which is a really good sign. The last two years, he'd been hovering around 50%, which is not where we want to see. He's still above league average, but hopefully that will continue to go down. As we look at the power metrics... Hard hit fly ball rate down considerably, 15 points to 32.4%, down from 47.2 and 44.6. So the good thing about this is that, you know, in the seasons when he's been relatively healthy, not including last season, uh, the hard hit fly ball rate has been really high. So if he can elevate the ball more, right, if he can get uh, a ground ball rate below league average and start hitting the ball in the air more, um, we're liable to see uh, an Uh, a a nice little bump in those home run totals potentially hard hit pulled fly ball rate 25.7 percent so below league average by about seven percent this is a little disappointing this is something consistent for Correa especially with the Crawford boxes there in Houston you would love to see him take advantage of them similar to his teammate Alex Bregman but hasn't done that so far Barrels per plate appearance down to 4.5% from 6.4 and 5.2% the two previous years. Again, you know, likely a result of the injury, but we don't know just how much of it. And then the stolen bases. This is where you see him lose a ton of value. Had a lot of hope for Correa as a five-category contributor uh, coming out uh, of the minors, and we saw that initially in his first two years, but the last two have just been very disappointed, two and three stolen bases respectively, uh, 0.4% and 0.6% on the stolen bases per plate appearances. So he's really just not running. And so yeah, you can project him for those two stolen bases, but that's about the same you're projecting uh, Nelson Cruz for. Uh, Yeah, the stolen base opportunities don't show a lot there. His sprint speed, 28. Uh, feet per second 27.7 and then 27.8 this past year so slightly above league average but again nothing to necessarily uh, write home about which you know doesn't necessarily bode well for the stolen bases um, changing at all you can see I think Correa and Bryant are kind of similar players I covered Bryant in the previous profile just in case you're jumping into this in the middle Um, you know, I just think that there's just so much so many areas of question marks and weakness in some respects that it really just drops them way down uh, my draft boards because i'm not seeing i'm not seeing at least recently in their profiles the upside uh, that I want to see that 's not to say that it won't happen. The question is whether you're willing to pay uh, the price for hoping uh, that that does happen taking a look at um His batted ball profile, uh, one terrible trend is a 7.5% increase in his pop-up rate, just slightly above uh, league average at that rate, but up from 11% the two previous years. You also see that in the fly ball rate, 11.3%. So, you know, one of the good things that we did see is that the ground ball rate dropped, but how much of that was the injury? Um, Because, you know, the increase is not happening in the right places. It's the fly balls and the pop-ups. That we're seeing from Korea which are just terrible you do not want to see increases in pop-up percentage especially seven and a half percent because that's essentially dropping your uh, batting average 70 points since those are uh, our automatic outs and that's about what we saw uh, from Korea last year hard drive percentage down to 9.6 percent so below league average 14.4 and 12.9 percent the two years before that so those are very those are nice those are nice numbers right there, the 14.4% um, from last year. So, hopefully, you can get back to that with a healthy season. Dribbler percentage was at 24.5%, up 2% uh, to about league average. So, you know, all in all, you see a dramatic increase in that pop up rate, which pretty much um, makes up for the entire drop in uh, batting average. And so, a lot of that may be or may not be. Again, how much of it is that? Uh, is the injury um, that he suffered? Let's take a look at his rolling average graph because that might give us a little bit of detail on like what exactly happened. So, um, is very solid, very um, consistent contact right around league average at eighty-five, you know, and, and slightly above eighty-five percent throughout the full season. Uh, we see a huge dip in hard hit rate uh, early on in the season, hopping back up here um, uh, or sorry, uh, gr- uh, ground ball rate. Um, so the ground ball rate dipped towards the beginning of the year down to 34.5%, then spikes up around May 49.1% and kind of hovers in that 45 to 50 range for the rest of the season. The hard hit rate just down, 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 down throughout the entire year. The O swing pretty consistent, uh, throughout, throughout. So, um, you know, it's really hard to say how much of this was injury and how much was not because, you know, even the dips started before he went on the DL in June. So it's likely that this was bothering him uh, even before then. It's really hard to say with Correa exactly where uh, where to put him because of the injury. And so a lot of it depends on how much you're chalking up into injury and how much uh, you are, you know, you think it's just uh, a diminishing skills. I mean, a lot of it, I think, does have to do with the injury. But even then, you know, we have a guy who's never hit uh, more than 25 home runs. The last two years, he has five combined stolen bases. So you're looking at mostly RBI contributions from the cleanup spot there, potentially some run contributions, but he's not um, particularly fast. Um, you know, so, gosh, um, you know, I think I, I would have Correa probably above Bryant just because I like, I believe in the batting average more. I think the home runs will be similar enough. And I, th- I like the team context more. So I probably have Correa around Bryant in the 50 range, I think when all is said and done. But when we look at players going around Correa, uh, Reese Hoskins, I'd probably rather have Hoskins, Carrasco, Marte, Bueller uh, Syndergaard, all people, all players that I would draft ahead of him, even behind him, Albies, uh, Mondesi, Bogarts, Edwin Diaz. I wouldn't draft him just cause I don't draft closers that early on, but Suarez, Bellinger, Corbin, Rendon, like having, having Anthony Rendon behind Carlos Correa to me makes absolutely zero sense. Um, you know, and that's because I like Rendon a lot, but also like, you know, batting average, you'd expect Rendon to do better runs. You'd expect Rendon to do better um, home runs, you'd probably expect Rendon to do better. RBI, probably expect Rendon to do better, at least from what we've seen in their career so far, and then stolen bases too. So that's just an example of the guys when you go for a Bryant or you go for a Correa in the 40s, guys you're passing up who have been much more consistent. I mean, George Springer is going behind Correa. You know, so I think a lot of this will settle itself out as we get deeper into draft season, but Correa is another guy that I'm fading uh, into the 50s, probably, who knows, even further than that, as we get closer to drafts and I dive a little bit deeper uh, into more players. All right, we're going to try to finish with a little bit of a bang here because, to be honest with you, <laughs> the last two profiles, Chris Bryant and Carlos Correa, have been a little bit of a bummer. It's always tough to do guys who are injured, right, and figure out how much of their struggles were injuries or not, but they're just two profiles that I really don't enjoy. So I'm gonna tack on another one here and go with Aaron Nola, starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. 28.3 average draft position in the two early mock drafts. In NFBC drafts, he's up to around 25, um, 24.89 to be exact. Minimum of 15 and a max of 32. So solidly going in the second round for Nola. Let us dive in. So last year was his first year with over 200 innings pitched, 212 and a third. He has become that ace that the Phillies uh, wanted him to be. 17 wins, uh, wins per game start of 51.5%, his highest in the last three years. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the Phillies can add Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, um, because if they do and that offense improves, I, I, you know, it'll definitely boost, hopefully, Nola's value. Thinking back to that 17 win mark, I think that would be awfully solid. K percentage, 27%, up from 26.6 and 25.1%, so well above league average. It's not that dominant 30% uh, or so that you see from some of the elite arms, but still very, very solid. The K-walk minus rate comes in at a solid 20%, uh, and he's been consistently around that mark the last three years 19 19% percent and 19.5 percent the year before that 224 strikeouts so really nice in terms of you know uh, getting those strikeouts but you'll note that the strikeout rate is not necessarily like the strikeouts per nine um the k percentage and the swinging strike rate are not those elite numbers that you generally see but nola does have some other things going for him so uh, K per nine over nine for three consecutive years, nine point four nine last year, twelve point four percent swinging strike rate up from ten point eight percent and nine point six percent. So that's really nice to see uh, that jump there uh, to almost two percent above league average. I would expect you know the K mine the the K to nine is a little bit lower than I think it should be, but again that's never a really good uh, marker um, for. Uh, strikeouts, look at that K percentage, compare that to league average. Look at that swinging strike rate. Those are the numbers that I I want you to show me. Uh, O contact rate, uh, below league average. Z contact, also below league average. This has been an area of improvement for NOLA um, over the last two straight years of improvement down to 82.7. So that's nice to see. Again, it's not the elite totals that you're seeing from some of those Just upper, upper echelon guys, but very solid contact rate, also below league average. Um, His walk rate is actually a little bit surprising. It's at 7%, um, so below league average of 8.5%, but his first pitch strike rate took a huge leap this past year, 69.4% first pitch strike rate. That is up 5% from last year and about 9%. Uh, from 2016. His O swing also improved to 35.3%, up about 3.5%. And his zone percentage, it did dip down. It's at 44.7%, but it's about the same as um, when you combine that O swing and that zone percentage. Um, They're about the same from previous years. He's at that same mark, but that first pitch strike rate is up. And so I would not be surprised. All all of those metrics are really good. That first pitch strike rate, the O swing, and the above league average zone percentage. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some potential, you know, um, for that walk rate to actually decrease uh, a little bit uh, coming up this upcoming season. WHIP 0.97. BABIP of 251. Now, this is an area where you can see, where you should see Nola uh, experience some regression. His BABIP's the last um two, the two previous years were 309 and 334 both of those supported by expected babips his expected babip was 285 this year so that's a, a 34 point difference and that would that would have a pretty good impact on that whip there so i don't know if we can rely on that 0.97 i would look much more um to get that you know in maybe the 1.1 range 1.05 range uh, this upcoming year, soft hit rate 22.3%, uh, three consecutive years of low 20s in that soft hit rate, which is nice. It's about 4 or 5% uh, better than league average. His hard hit rate, when it was also down, uh, 10% below league average to 25.1%. So, and he's generating more than 50% ground ball. So, those are all really, really nice um, uh, metrics to see in terms of the batted ball quality. His woe above 251, which is excellent. Um, Had a 265 expected weighted on base average. Um, So not quite as good, but still very, um, uh, very solid. ERA 237, which is, again, awesome. You want to see that. His ERA estimators all in the low threes. Um, Given where his BABIP was and where his um, his strand rate was at 82.5%, I would expect to see a little bit of regression there, maybe into the high twos, um, for uh, Nola, which again, it's still very, very solid, but it's not that elite level uh, that you see. You can see he's kind of, um, you know, he's one step uh, behind uh, that elite uh, echelon of pitchers. Home runs 17, 15.5 expected home runs, so a little bit unlucky there. That's a really nice um, home run uh, per fly ball rate and home runs per nine, only 0.72. He's got three consecutive years under. Uh, one home run per nine and 1.16 is league average. So that's really nice to see. And he's has uh, been, he's done a solid job too, of limiting damage in terms of barrels, 4.6 per barrels per plate is league average. He's at 3% last year, 3.3% in 2017 and 2.5% in 2016. So pretty consistently doing a great job of limiting contact. Again, you know, the 251 Babbitt, that is insanely low. So I do expect it to jump up, but I don't think it'll get to that 300 or above league average mark based on the batted ball quality that we are um, seeing there. And so let us um, take a look at that the batted ball profile overall of our buddy, Aaron Nola. Um, so when we look at the types of batted balls that he is giving up, um, We are seeing a ton of ground balls, not surprisingly given the 50% ground ball rate. So his dribbler percentage is around 30%. That's awesome to see, Uh, 24.6% is league average. So he's borderline elite there with the dribbler percentage, which we again love to see. Also the ground ball percentage is high, higher than league average. So 50.8% of the balls that he's given up are either um, bad ground balls, those dribblers, or regular ground balls. Now ground balls as X stats categorize them, uh, ground balls actually have um, uh, a decent BABIP um, just because those ground balls that aren't dribblers are, you know, your zero to, to, you know, I'm just making this up, but like negative 10. So they're actually getting hit pretty good. Uh, They're just on the ground. So they're not going to do a ton of damage, um, but they do go for hits a decent amount of the time. Um, and then that hard drive rate at 7.6%, love to see that there. Um, that is 3% below league average, and he's consistently in that 7 to 8% range, so well uh, below league average. So again, one of Nola's strengths in addition to the developing strikeout uh, potential, the low walk rate, is the fact that he has consistently limited the quality of contact that he gives up. Pop-up rate is below league average. You know, we'd obviously love to see that higher, but he gives up so many ground balls that that is not uh, surprising to um, to see. All right. Um, now let us um, take a look at uh, Nola's, um, uh, Nola's pitch splits because um, what possibly uh, could we ever love more uh, than pitch splits? So taking a look at... Um his velocity velocity up in 2018 over 2017, 93 mile per hour fastball um on average, pretty solid um right there. The four-seam fastball, this is great. Um, all four of Nola's pitches, all batters have a WRC plus uh under 100. so batters do worse than league average. 275 uh WOBA on his fastball, that is really, really Um, good to see, especially since the four-seam fastball has not been a huge strength um, for Nola. The curveball is the elite pitch, 27 uh, WRC+, uh, 194 WOBA against. Let's take a look at the metrics. The curveball, 18.2% swinging strike rate, 46.6% O-swing, changeup 16.8% swinging strike rate, 46.5% Forty-six point five percent O swing, so really two offerings with fifteen percent plus swinging strike rate and a forty-five plus O swing. That's really solid. The one thing that I'll note, though, is again the difference between an elite elite pitcher um, and what Nola has been doing in terms of the strikeout rate is having that you know pitch that has a twenty plus percent swinging strike rate that we've seen uh, with some of the guys that we've covered previously. Um, the good news though, four seam fastball swinging strike rate is up 1.2%. Um, so that is really nice to see. And, um, just, you know, overall a very, uh, four pitches, all positive. Um, the curve ball generates a 55.8% ground ball rate. The change up a 69% uh, ground ball rate. And so those are, those are the reasons and the sinker 55.6%. So three pitches, with an above 55% ground ball rate, which is really really nice um, to see. One of the reasons that four seam fastball may be doing well is the fact that he's got that excellent curve. Maybe he's pitching that four seam fastball higher up in the zone. Um, you know, we'll see. Just just a just a guess there, not based on any fact, but all positive pitch values. That curve with a 23.5 positive pitch valve value overall and 2.4%. Um, or 2.4 pitch positive pitch value per 100. That is uh, super nice um, to see. Let's take a look at the 10-game rolling averages for our buddy Aaron Nola. And this is really good. Swinging strike rate over his last 10 games up at 14.5%. So seeing some growth there, which is really nice. The Z contact way down at 77.5%. That is awesome. Um, All really good signs. The first pitch strike rate is down Um, from earlier in the season but still at 65 percent zone percentage actually up at 46.2 percent which is really nice and then 33.5 percent O swing so that is really it's really nice end of the season that he had that 10 game rolling average really love to see that let's take a look at whether his pitch chain um, the uh, uh, pitch mix changed during that time let's focus in on that curveball so we see the curveball yep Usage of the curveball increasing to a season high of thirty-four point six percent over his last ten games. So he started throwing that, going to that curveball more. You know, throw your best pitch more, which I really like to see. Um, He started fading the changeup a little bit, at least you know uh, from where it was at at its peak to sixteen point eight percent over his last ten games, and um, started throwing the four-seam fastball more. So getting more. Comfortable with that four-seam fastball, curveball mix, maybe, um, and that helping to elevate uh, the swinging strike rate since the sinker has a lower swinging strike rate than the four-seam fastball. So some really good trends for Nola as well as we that we see in his profile, uh, which is um, you know which is really good and bodes well for next year. Maybe he's found a pitch mix um, that he really likes. Maybe he's comfortable throwing that curveball uh, a little bit more than usual. Which is good because if he can get up to that 14.5 percent swinging strike rate for a full season, along with the quality of ground, batted ball that you're that you're seeing, that's when you see a guy uh, take the uh, take the next step into that uh, elite echelon. So you can see why Nola is going um, in that in the middle of that second round for 15 team leagues um, at 25. Um, when we think about, uh, that sound, that seems about right for me. I can see why people might push him up a little bit, um, into the low twenties. If you're in a, in a league that where people are really aggressive on pitching, uh, don't necessarily see a problem with that. Let's look at him compared to other guys. Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Chris Sale, um, Corey Kluber, Justin Verlander, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell uh Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer. Again, I have Bauer higher probably than most people are going to have him. I just love um the volume, but you know, I can't quibble with Nola as the sixth pitcher off the board. I might even have him above uh Kluber. Uh Kluber obviously has some offerings that are much better, but the batted ball quality is headed in the wrong direction at least for last season for Kluber. And, you know, the swinging strike rate uh was around where it was for Nola over the course of the season. So, Um, All in all, just really nice there for Nola. I can definitely a top 10 pitcher for me, and I like where he's going at his current ADP. For today's Reach Charles segment, again, the Reach Charles segment is where I share just something that I'm enthusiastic or excited about, either in the podcast or in analysis, things that are happening in the baseball world. Uh, today, I'm going to focus in on Aaron Nola and the end of his season. That 10-game rolling average is really exciting to see. Again, 14.5% swinging strike rate, uh, 33.5% O-swing, and the Z contact, the in-zone contact, 77.5%, which it would be truly uh, elite stuff. And when you can get guys out in the zone, that is when you take the next step. So that is really, really exciting for Nola. And what it really highlights for me is the importance of, uh, of, of changes in pitch mix. I mean, I've mentioned it before a number of different times, but when, when pitchers throw their best pitch more, um, you know, oftentimes the results are good. Just like when they throw their worst pitch less, the results are often good. And so seeing that Nola is comfortable throwing his curveball on 35% of his pitches. That's his best pitch. Not only does it generate the most swinging strikes and the most chases outside the zone, but it also generates over 55% ground balls. That is something um, that I love to see. And then when you combine that with the changeup, which he threw for 16% of the time, essentially 50% of his pitches are generating 15% plus swinging strikes and 55% plus ground balls. Remember that changeup had 69% ground ball rate. So he's limiting contact, and he's getting swings and misses on those pitches. And that four seam fastball. The major difference was that was that his four seam fastball was really good last year, and he's starting to throw that more as well. He's really honing in um, on that uh, on that four seam curve um, uh, curve combo. And so that's something that I really love to see. Um, for Nola and really for any pitcher is is those changes in pitch mix and the results that come with them. When we see that, you know, theoretically for Nola, that he's getting more confidence in doing that. He sees that it works. He sees that it's getting generating results. And so there's no reason why I'd expect him to stop doing that. And so if you can get Aaron Nola with the amount of uh, the the contact management skills that he's demonstrated now over the course of, you know, Uh, generally three seasons, at least in terms of giving up home runs and giving up uh, extra base hits, when you combine that with the skills that he started to show towards the end of last year, that is when you see players take the next step into that elite status. And that is why I have no problem. If you want to take him uh, over Corey Kluber, um, if you want to take him over Justin Verlander, you're worried about age, I'm fine. You know, Chris Sale, no. Uh, Jacob deGrom, no. Uh, Max Scherzer, no, probably. But Um, Seeing him in that top five pitchers is not something that's out of the realm of the uh, possibility. So I am super excited about Aaron Nola and the pitch mix change that we saw towards the end of last year and the results that it generated. Um, Yeah, it's exciting to end the podcast that way. That is going to wrap us up for episode 37 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoyed uh, those profiles. I am trying my darndest to make those profiles shorter. Uh, so I appreciate everybody who's listening. I really want to cut down because we got to keep rolling, 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 rolling through them um, so that I can actually have a chance to look back over all of them uh, as we approach draft time and think about what it all means. Right now, I'm just kind of in that depth of that baseball research. But um, fun show, had some depressing uh, points on Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bryant, um, some more uplifting on Charlie Blackman, and then Ending it on a high note on Aaron Nola. So hope you did enjoy that. Best place to reach me is on Twitter, at BatFlipCrazy. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves and be kind to one another.